Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 86 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. It's Grant Hydra Stomper Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? I'm glad that you uh, gave me such a powerful title. Usually the nicknames are kind of on the low end, but this <laughs> time I would say he's kind of the boss in this episode. Oh, he's definitely the boss. Uh, he's one of them, at least. And... Um, yeah, I agree. Most some of your some of the intros that I do for you are borderline insulting, <laughs> but not this one. It's uh, it's very uh, complimentary. If you're just joining us for this podcast, uh, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and uh, we're going to get into What If, the first episode of What If uh, from Marvel on this episode. Um, we're also doing something we've never done before, which is to release uh, two episodes in the same week. So hopefully this makes up for not having an episode a couple weeks ago. But uh, we wanted to do a, uh, a section, a, a segment of this podcast, of this episode on Star Wars The Bad Batch. And I had such an awesome conversation with Jake Wilburn, uh, one of our favorite guests on the show, about all things Bad Batch. We're shooting for like 45, 50 minutes. It went an hour and a half. And so we're going to just separate that out into a separate episode. So you're actually going to get episode 87 probably like the day after you hear this episode. So you'll get two episodes back to back. That'll be fun. Uh, over two hours of content in total. So so that's kind of neat. But So all we're talking about in this episode is What If. We are going to do full spoilers for it. If you've not seen the first episode of What If, we will let you know when we're about to get in that conversation. We'll do some news up front. But then once we get to What If, we're spoiling the entire thing. So so uh, be sure if you don't want to be spoiled that you go watch it and then come back. So before we get into the show, we want to talk about news of the week. Uh, Grant, did you see anything of interest over the last, what, four days? It's only been like four days, four or five days since we recorded. But uh, Yeah, um, which I kind of forgot that they were even doing this. But now that I've thought about it, I remember this was kind of one of the hitting points whenever Disney Plus launched that they were going to do a reboot of Home Alone. And sure enough, this week we got a date, uh, Home Alone, Home for the Holidays, I think it was called, is coming out on November 12th, straight to Disney+. And that tells you everything you need to know. Um, what is the name of it? I think it's... Home sweet home alone. Oh, that is. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It is a Chris. I mean, like all of, all of them have been Christmas themed, or around Christmas. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, you, you look at like the the icon or the still image or whatever for this. New Maybe kid, the new fourth kid. one wasn't around Christmas. No, 
I think they've all been around Christmas time. I think I've only seen the first three. Um, They're at least winter themed. This is the sixth movie, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, I've seen, not counting the one that hasn't released, obviously. I mean, including the one that hasn't released. I've only seen half of them, but I might tune in for this. Um, It is uh, titled really stupidly, uh, (laughs) Home Sweet Home Alone, uh, but use the hashtag, hashtag Home Sweet Home Alone. It has Ellie Kemper in it, who I have a secret crush on. Uh, I have no idea who that is. Okay, that's that's real. I I do love this girl a lot. Uh, she is the in the last three seasons, two or three seasons of The Office. She's the receptionist. Oh, okay. At the front I know desk. who you're talking about now. Um, I just didn't know her name. Yeah, she is really cute and like li- she's a adorable. I think is like the, t- the the coined term that people like okay. to use for like Zoe Deschanel and people like that. She she has kind of that personality as well. Okay, and she like she's been in some other stuff she after the office she did kimmy schmidt the the unbreakable the adorable the unbreakable kimmy schmidt i think is what it's called oh i think netflix uh, probably okay or, or hulu i can't remember it's a streaming service yeah. show i have not watched that but I, I, because i i love her so much i was going to watch it and i just haven't had time but it is in my queue of things I, I need to watch someday but yeah she's in it she's one of the first ones mentioned so i'm assuming she's you know one of the parents or whatever and Rob Delaney, uh, Kenan Thompson is in it, and then Chris Parnell, which I mean he's he's mentioned last, so he might have just like a walk on role, and then a bunch of people you've never heard of. The guy who plays who played Buzz in the original Home Alone, the first two. Oh, is what in it as well as the same character? I'm no. assuming. Uh, well, it's I, a reboot, right? Yeah, I I don't know what his character is. I think he's gonna play a police officer, maybe okay. something like that. So he's really like a Easter egg, more more yeah. of a character. So but I would say Keenan Thompson for me is probably the biggest get yes. for this. Yes, I agree. Uh, is is not coming to theaters. Nope. The only way to watch it is on Disney Plus. It's uh, it'll start streaming on November twelfth, and it's not. It's just free. Free. I mean, it's like. Um, yeah. Oh, what's that? The Christmas one that launched with the service. We did a whole episode about it. Noel. Noel. It's it's basically that. Uh, for you know, it's a family-friendly Christmas-themed movie. You know, just in time for the holidays type of thing. So, uh, will you watch this? Probably. Will I enjoy it? Probably not. I think this is interesting enough to to cover on the podcast. Oh yeah, I do. Because it's it is absolutely going to be sp- spoken of at the Thanksgiving table and the Christmas table. Yeah. And I I think I think it is going to be. A fun conversation because it is going to be in one of two camps. It's going to be surprisingly excellent, or it's going to be the one of the worst things we've ever seen on Disney Plus. Yeah, it'll <laughs> either because um, it's not going to reach the pinnacle of the first two. No. Um, or it's going to be a dumpster fire like three, four, and five. Yeah, I just it's I, going to be either in the middle or it's going to join three, four, and five. Here's a synopsis for you. The new Home Alone will carry, carry over a similar premise to what we've seen in the previous movies. Big surprise. A synopsis for Home Sweet Home Alone reads, Home Sweet Home Alone will follow Max Mercer, a mischievous and resourceful young boy who has been left behind while his family is in Japan for the holidays. It literally sounds like any of the other movies. So when a married couple attempting to retrieve a priceless heirloom set their sights on the Mercer family's home. It is up to Max to protect it from the trespassers and he will do whatever it takes to keep them out. I feel like they literally just described the first movie. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no Har- Harry or Marv or, you know, any bumbling yeah. burglars. It, it sounds like it's going to be like a tamer version of, you know, what they were doing, which is basically to, like, you know, plunder the entire house. Um, yeah. So, Ugh. yeah, um, there's no way. I mean, th- I'm reading that the original Home Alone um, pulled in $476 million um, and became 1990's highest grossing movie, the mo- movie that made the most money in that entire year. And I, this movie's not going to do that. No. <laughs> I want, I'm, I'm very interested to know how they even, like the same thing is true of Noel, like how they even track metrics on, I, I guess they know how many people have watched it just because you, you press the play button and it ticks a number up somewhere for, on their servers. But yeah, I wonder how they really even like. Yeah, I don't know. Because like another thing that I saw this week was that apparently Luca is the hottest movie on Disney Plus right now. So interesting. I guess they probably just see the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how that factors into money. Like yeah. like how much money should we spend on on a movie to make a movie? I mean, Netflix has the same problem, but you know, uh, if we and have how to, much they pay the actors, I guess. Well, they ha- they have to guess at the numbers. Like yeah. uh, we'll probably have, and then they fill in a number: eight million, you know, ten million households watch this or whatever. Therefore, we can spend this kind of budget in making the movie. But all that budget has to be before the numbers come yeah. in. They don't know if they're going to hit those numbers. And then what do the numbers say? That they spent the right amount, or that they should have spent more or less? I it's it's kind of a weird nebulous thing. But I feel like just with the name, they'll get a lot of viewership. But the yeah. big question I feel like is, will people actually watch it the whole way through? Uh, dear listeners, you have our promise. We will cover this movie in some way. I don't know if it'll be like a half of an episode or not, but like we will definitely cover this movie because I'm, I'm going to watch it. Like I Just out of curiosity alone, I have to know. <laughs> I have to know what this thing is. And like I said, there's a couple good actors in it, like Ellie Kemper and yeah. Keenan Thompson. So Cool. No, um, Macaulay Culkin. What? Macaulay Culkin's in it? I said no, Macaulay oh. Culkin. <laughs> well, because the guy that played, uh, B- B- not Biff, what, what's the other guy? Buzz. Buzz um, is in it, so I thought maybe <laughs> I thought maybe Macaulay Culkin was another police officer or something. <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah, it would be quite something to see uh, adult Culkin in a movie. Or the alco- alcoholic uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's quite a few roles he could play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting topic. What was the other news story that that you found? Um, which I think I saw this a while back. Whenever this movie came out, but um, Emma Stone announced that she will not be suing Disney, and that kind of uh, showed that it's going to be a go now for Cruella too. Yeah, the, the news is now who's not suing yeah. <laughs> a business. But it's just like, I mean, for Emma Stone, I feel like she probably needs another movie um, in the Disney genre more than Scarlett Johansson does. Yeah, she's just getting started with Disney, really. Yeah. Scarlett, we talked about this on the previous episode, but Scarlett has such a rich history with with Disney that, and she's kind of run her course, really. Yeah. That you know, a lawsuit for her is not a big risk, but 
can you imagine like literally Jess coming on the scene? I mean, they kind of did that with Edward Norton where like mm-hmm. Ed Norton could have been this huge character in the MCU universe and, you know, played Hulk for years and years. He got into disagreements with the director and, you know, argued over pay or whatever else was going on. And basically, you know, they, he finished shooting and they, they post-producted it and then released the movie, but he's like, I'm out, I'm not coming back. And I, you know, Emma, presumably, I thought she was really good in the movie. I liked it, the movie more than you did a little bit, but, you know, I thought she did a good job. I thought the movie was what it wanted to be. And I I, thought, I enjoyed my time with it. And I think she knows that she can make a lot more money continuing yeah. to play this character. Why would you quibble over a couple million dollars when you can make another 15 or whatever on the next movie? So, and, um, I mean, she's younger than, uh, Scarlet as well. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of dangerous at this point to dabble against Disney just because they own so much at this point. And uh, in another five years, they might even own more. So yeah. I feel like it's very dangerous for a young actress or actor to go up against Disney. Because, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe Disney will own every single studio in 10 years i don't know it seems like it i mean like the 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 big you know dream not i guess dream for disney the the big you know supposition for many many years was oh maybe they'll buy fox maybe they'll buy fox and then you wake up one morning like they just bought fox Like, like they can they have so much money that they could literally almost maybe buy up like every other motion picture company so basically they monopolize the entire entertainment business but I like having different companies. I, I like having different kinds of perspectives on the movie making process. We'll always yeah. have indies and stuff like that too. But I, I don't want I don't want Disney to to own everything. Um, but yeah, I think that I think the you know go back to last week's episode to get more of our thoughts on the the whole Scarlett Johansson lawsuit thing. But I think lawsuits can be good in some ways in the sense that it keeps companies in check because I mean Disney will mow over whoever they yeah. want. And not that they necessarily want to. I'm not trying to picture them as this evil corporation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they are a corporation. Their 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 goal is to is one is single minded to make money. Like that's yeah. the only thing they care about. There are humans at the helm of a company, but the company's goal is always to make money. And whatever makes the most amount of money is always the correct answer. Mm-hmm. And so I think lawsuits kind of do help kind of keep things in check and say wait okay are you making the best business decisions is this in the best interest of the actors that you're asking to come work for you you know yeah. it's 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 not quite union mentality but it's kind of like treat your people right um that you, that that you write paychecks to so yeah i'm glad emma stone isn't suing them i'm glad she's going to come back in cruella too i think that movie needs a sequel we talked about that yeah. in our review that it there's more story to tell for sure with that character to, to see her, you know, really descend into, into madness. So. Yeah. And without her, I would say that movie's probably dead. Oh yeah. There's no way sequel without her. I mean, they, they, it's not like they haven't recast. I literally just said Ed Norton a second ago. It's not like they haven't recast some like major players, major characters in franchises, Mm -hmm. but boy, it would, it would be super weird. I, I can't even imagine that they would have any more than like half of the people, yeah. the viewership on the second one if it was literally a different actress. It would probably just be <laughs> on to the next live remake. Yeah. I think I think that would be the end of Cruella if, if yeah. Emma Stone didn't come back. So 
I, I think they clearly want to make her happy. And honestly, Emma kind of needs Disney right now too. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, that makes that story makes sense to me. All right, uh, we're going to get into some what if conversation, and uh, this will be a, a little bit shorter of an episode. We're just really just covering just the first episode of what if, and then we're going to have all of our bad batch talk in a separate episode. We'll f- still still finish up our main episode for this week with uh, some of our other segments, like what else are you watching on Disney Plus and. Uh, what's coming up on Disney Plus uh, later in the show. But we are going to get into What If. If you've not seen What If, we're doing full spoilers on the show. It's just the one episode, so there's not like a ton of spoilers to say. And really, what can you really say that's spoilery that is going to affect another yeah. episode? Because it's <laughs> like a, every episode is completely different and standalone. But this is one of the big episodes that people were anticipating. So we're going to get into that full spoilers ahead from this point on. The Watcher. Yeah. The Watcher is the narrator, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, we didn't get to hear from him too much, but um, what do you know about The Watcher? What, uh, have, Nothing. Yeah, just from this I, show. Just basically? basically that he watches everything, obviously, <laughs> and doesn't intervene in it. Yeah, he's he's a kid, He's kind of a cousin to the TVA in the sense that they, he kind of stands... I don't know if he stands outside of time, but... He probably doesn't actually, but he's he is he's able to view like all these other multiverses simultaneously mm-hmm. and literally just watches everything. The one thing that differentiates himself is what you said. Like he doesn't the TVA literally steps in and yeah. like <laughs> cleans up shop. And that's not his goal at all. His literally I don't even know why he's doing it, but his his whole goal in his existence is to just watch everything. Mm-hmm. Um he's the ultimate like Disney Plus streaming service customer. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to watch everything there is on Disney Plus. Uh, So he's like presenting this. It's almost like um, Tales from the Crypt is probably too old of a a reference for you, but like it's a, you know, a show where like the narrator is like telling you like, here's all these tales. Here are my, some of my favorite stories Mm -hmm. of what I've seen or whatever. And so, yeah, this first episode is Captain Carter. Um, You want to talk, talk about some favorite, moments and kind of what the episode's yeah. about um for me um Let, it, let's let's pretend like we're ha- we have some listeners that are just not going to watch it like yeah. for whatever reason they're just not interested in animated marvel or whatever I, I would say let's set up the premise like what is the episode about like what's what what's going um, on um it's very heavy on captain america the first avenger um i mean i would say it's pretty close to exactly what happens which that kind of surprised me that I figured there'd be a lot more altering and we'll see going forward. Maybe there's some things that really uh, mess up what is MCU canon right now. Mm. Um, But for the most part, it's just taking you through the first movie of Captain America. And um, I thought it was cool how captain carter came to be and um i thought it was neat also that there was so much opposition from that general that um he didn't want that to happen at all but i mean they were really between a rock and a hard place because um which i'm pretty sure it said in the description on disney plus that steve gets shot so that wasn't extremely shocking to me because i had already read that synopsis point that was in the synopsis before you watched it yeah that's crazy but i mean (laughs) i feel like if you hadn't read that that would be kind of like oh that's 
I never really thought about that happening. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. And um, so the big transition point of, cause this is like alternate universe, right? Where like yep. the butterfly effect is real. So instead of Steve going into the, whatever that machine that's, mm-hmm. that is going to inject him with all the super soldier stuff, he, he gets shot. The, the there's like a guy that comes in and like tries to disrupt the yeah I mean it's the same thing in the movie where the guy is trying to steal the serum yeah for Hydra but instead now he uh, shot Steve and what happens it's been so long since I've seen the original movie how did they, did they just stop him before he gets to Steve um I think he takes off like before that or something okay like he runs away okay. in the movie. Because there's this big chase scene in the movie okay. about them chasing him down. Okay. So he's stopped in the movie. In this movie, he's not stopped. He yeah. makes it all the way to the platform. Uh, gun goes off. Steve goes down. And and I didn't feel like they explained it very well, but like they're like, it's too late to stop the prot. Like they've already yeah. hit the, the go button, right? So basically, <laughs> it's like blow it all up and everything goes to waste. Yeah. Or... They need somebody to hop in the machine. And I thought it was kind of fun how they offered it to Howard. Yeah. And Howard's like, no, (laughs) I'm not going in there. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of also kind of like a, I mean, that would have been an interesting (laughs) twist. Yeah. But I don't think really they want two Starks in the universe. So. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, as the the title... uh, I think it's in the title of the episode, but would imply that uh, Peggy goes in there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what's, what's really interesting is that, you know, this is still like 1940s, right? Yeah, it's World War II. 1940s, right? Isn't it World War One? Oh, is I, it? I can't remember. Well, it's it's like, one of the two. But it's like Nazis and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, it is World War yeah. II. That's a different show that okay. we'd been watching. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I, I like I, for a second there was this like wait was Jungle Cruise World War Two and this is <laughs> World War One yeah. I can remember <laughs> anyway um so so yeah like it's 1940s and obviously women are not like they're not leaders and mm-hmm. you know our minds have changed over the years but like like she is immediately like this hero a heroine I guess is the right right the proper word and she is seen as like this you know, leader for like the American army and yeah. like, you know, go USA and in, in the, you know, fight for world freedom and all that kind of stuff. And yet they're, they're wrestling with the fact that she's a woman. Like, yeah. like they she, she shouldn't have this role. She's pretty much benched from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting because the whole idea of what if is like, you have to change a couple of key moments in yeah. the history as we know it in the MCU and then just see how that would play out. Like what, mm-hmm. what, if, what if this happens, you know, quite literally. So, um. Yeah. They. Uh, one of the characters says like, "Oh, she's not a real super soldier because she's yeah. a, she's a girl or whatever." Um, and then let's see. Uh, Hydra's moving the tesseract, and they need to uh, stop them from getting it to Berlin. They're um. They, this, these are all events that happen in the movie. Yeah. Um, she has. I liked it when she had her cost when she got that costume put on the first time and it's not the, the captain America costume. She's from England. So like yeah. she has like the British flag on her and it's like, so like in the comics, I forgot to look this up. I'll see if I can pull up an image of it. But um, in the comics there, like there literally is a char- character. I think it's, Cap- I think his name is captain Britain. It's, it's a dude. Uh, yeah. Captain Britain. Okay. Um, let's see if I can turn my laptop around so you can see it. 
um yeah see this is her this is kind of her costume right so that that is a comic book I, audio listeners can't see what we're seeing yeah but pretty th- much th- there's there's literally a comic book called captain britain mm-hmm. and it's always been a guy i think always been a guy that's been in it but basically he i mean it goes back to 1976 this is a, a long storied character but it basically the the idea from 1976 was captain britain was going to be captain america mm-hmm. but for great britain yeah um and she kind of kind of looks like that kind of like uh red guardian is the captain america for the soviet union yeah that's right yeah that's a good good comparison uh, she fights like Cap. She, you know, thro- picks up and throws vehicles. She's the action. I think is really good. It's yeah. really fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, she's throwing her shield, of course, and just. I mean, there's. She's getting like jumped by like five or six guys, and she's just like mowing them down. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff with yeah. um, her granddaughter. <laughs> I'm like Sharon. Oh yeah, sure. Um, like the Sharon Carter action scenes where she's just controlling this the scene and like mm-hmm. you know she, by the time she's done there's like 10 bodies all around her <laughs> all male yeah it's kind of like what's what they're doing in this um what if so i, I thought that was kind of fun yeah um i would say like you talked about the action um i would say it was a lot better than i expected but i mean going in i really didn't know what to expect because I haven't watched a ton of Marvel cartoon to begin with. Yeah. Um, I've seen a decent amount of Spider-Man, the animated series, the, like, was in, like, the 90s or something like that. Oh, the 90s one, yeah. I don't even think I've seen that. Uh, through the 2000s, there was one called Ultimate Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. That one's So pr- the one before that. that. Um, and then I saw, like, the original Batman, the animated series. But yeah. other than that, I haven't watched a ton of cartoonish stuff. What do you think about the animation style? It's very it's very different. Like yeah. I don't think of outside of like there were a couple moments but just because of the frames per second or whatever it I got a little bit of Spider-Verse into yeah. the Spider-Verse vibes, but it's still not quite Spider-Verse. It looks distinct from Spider-Verse yeah. in some it's ways. It definitely gives you a comic book feel. Yes. Like almost the comic book coming to life, which yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, Spider-Man was a hit, and um, like you said, that it's different enough, but I feel like um, Marvel um, has come up with a formula that they like, and that is uh, basically bringing the comic book to life. Yeah. Yeah, and listener, listeners to the show may not be familiar with the comics, and I haven't read these either, but I mean, I, I know a little bit about them, but Marvel, the, the idea of what if that phrase came from Marvel like decades ago. Like, yeah. they, they, they've released it's what own, if. It's its own comic book series, correct? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like a always ongoing, like, you know, it's not like what if episode or uh, issue 476. It's like <laughs> they maybe done like, you know, 80 or 90 of these. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jerry could, could tell us better than I could, but they, it's just something they do occasionally. They'll do like a limited series of what if comics mm-hmm. and it'll be, you know, and then maybe they'll take several years off or whatever, but like, yeah. it's, it's just kind of a fun, it, it doesn't matter for any of the ongoing stories that are going on in that moment. And, and it's the same here too. Like this, none of these episodes are going to affect, well, they probably won't affect anything in the MC, the greater MCU. Yeah. Um, they could, and and now that we're in a multiverse standpoint, after watching Loki, like anything's possible. But 
chances are these are just one-off stories that are like let's just have a little fun and yeah, think sure. about what would happen if this happens and and then just move on like just go on to the next story yeah because um, i mean we've talked about between you and me one of the favorite questions in anything is people asking what if this happened and yeah. so i feel like it's more kind of like fan guilty pleasure oh yeah that and but it just so happens that they're dealing with a lot of multiverse stuff right now. So, but I feel like what we're getting basically is fan guilty pleasure. Yeah, you're you hit the nail on the head. And I mean, I think it's exciting, and I believe they've already signed on for season two. Oh, but, what if? Yeah. Okay. I think I saw that on IMDb. Who knows if it's yeah, yeah. accurate? But um, I don't know. If I need like seven seasons of this show, rewriting everything we know about the MCU, I mean, I'm I'm along for the ride for season one. Season two is fine too, but like you said, it's a limited comic book series, and that's probably what they need to do on this, uh, unless they completely just run out of things to do. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it will always be kind of second tier level Marvel stuff. It is technically Marvel canon in the sense that this is like an actual universe that mm-hmm. does exist out there. But the fact that it's animated, I think, hurts it for viewership. It's, it's just going to. I, the, I mean, there are people that just aren't going to watch animated stuff. They, yeah. they only want to see live action. Um, I think the fact that these don't really have any consequence for the main MCU mm-hmm. universe that we know of it. They could do throw in a crazy thing. I, I was talking about this with some coworkers that, or maybe it was you, I can't remember um, where off mic, we were talking about it possibly, but like, I think if they do anything to tie it into the main MCU, it's a single episode. I, I don't think every yeah. episode has some inference in into what we know as the MCU. Like I think maybe the final episode could have some kind of lead in to Spider-Man or some mm-hmm. lead into um, Dr. Strange or something like that. But I think there's a chance that zero of the episodes will have anything to do with MCU. Yeah. And it's certainly, I, I can't imagine every episode having consequence. And I think this is one of them, honestly, like yeah. th- this, I mean, Peggy is, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, is a dead character. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no, future for that character in the mcu unless they go back and tell some like 60s and 70s stories or something weird or something like that uh we already got agent carter we also we got part of her story and through a couple seasons of that show like i this is a character that is dead and is gone from our memories i think they wanted to bring her back for this one episode but i don't think i think this is kind of her last hurrah i don't i don't think we'll see peggy yeah maybe ever and i mean the only reason i would say that it is the premiere episode is because this is the movie that basically falls first in the timeline. Oh, that's a good point. Do you think they'll go sequential? Like, I don't know. Have they? They haven't announced what episode two even mm-hmm. is, right? I. They have not. Okay. I mean, my prediction, if there is one, I think it's going to be the T'Challa one. Yeah. Just because that's what we got in Marvel Legends was about the Ravagers. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the Chadwick Boseman. <sighs> I mixed on like whether they could do that second or like sixth or last yeah. or whatever. I don't know how many. Is there six episodes? Ten. Ten. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so I almost wonder if you save that for last because you make people like beg for it and like wait, like yeah. watch the whole season hoping that Chadwick's going to be in it. But yeah, I, I think people are so dying to hear Chadwick Boseman's vo- voice as especially as T'Challa mm-hmm. one more time that 
that I think you almost can hold that to keep people coming yeah. coming back every week and keep subscribing to Disney Plus, paying their seven ninety nine. So yeah, but yeah, um, I think that would be a fun next episode. Um, next in the timeline, I guess would maybe be Captain Marvel. But yeah, I don't think they're gonna touch her since she's hasn't really ran her course yet. Yeah, and I, I don't know what you'd even change. Like yeah. Um, I also don't want to see have Jude Law be Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, see, okay, that's you went exactly to the place that I was going in my brain, which was it. This was a cool first episode. I, I liked it. Yeah. But is every we already know Chadwick Boseman is going to be a different character. He's going to be Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Is if 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 every episode is what if this person was that character? I'm gonna, it's going to get old really fast. Yeah. Like I I won't I want them to do bigger stories than just you let's, want like let's, topics. Yeah. Let's. If every episode is let's switch these two people around, that's not interesting forever. Yeah, and it, certainly not ten weeks of it. Like mm-hmm. they need to do various things. So, you know, swap Chadwick with with uh, Peter. Okay, that, that's cool because I want to see Chadwick. Yeah, but don't do that again. Like you know, keep it keep it moving. Yeah, so. I, I would say I want to see more like altering, like moves that's going to affect episodes to come. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's just going to be 10 standalone or if there will actually be consequences that we see along. Because, I mean, I feel like this kind of leads into Steve Rogers because we haven't really talked about the fate that he's dealt after he's shot. Um, but I feel like I want to see more chaos Yeah, from these moves. Like, what if they did, I'm using the phrase already, what if they did like they lost the battle of New York or something yeah. like that. Like, and the world literally gets taken over by these aliens, you mm-hmm. know, like they, they could get really crazy with it. And I, I think those would be really fun to watch. Yeah. I also want to see various genres too. Like we, we clearly got like a grounded, like, you know, boots on the ground, fighting a war kind of genre in mm-hmm. this one. We're, we know we're going to get more sci-fi with another one, do something else, do detective or do, you know, even, I don't know, romantic. I like, I'm, I want to see like, adventure i want to see different kinds of of movies as well instead of just everything is superhero 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 so um i think maybe we will i i I think they have it have it in them they've already done like heist movie with Mm -hmm. (laughs) ant-man like i I think they could do different kinds of movies with or episodes with the what if show so yeah um let's see what are some other uh big moments oh yeah see i didn't even know bucky was going to be in it yeah and and by the way we sh- we should say this they are voiced by the actual actors themselves except except for steve rogers and that was a weird decision right like yeah. did, did you ever read anything about that no i didn't that's so weird man so what we're referencing is literally everyone in in the cast of of the episode one stays pretty much yeah like peggy is is voiced by that yeah. actress her name escapes me at the moment um, you know, Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes, you know, um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is, is like, it's really him. Yeah. Chris Evans could have been in this episode cause Steve, like I thought I was like, okay, well it's not Chris Evans. We'll probably see Steve for like the first three minutes and then he's going to be out. He was in the entire episode. Like yeah. he was this, uh, Hydra stomper and like all these things. I'm like, wow. Like they, they not only were like, sorry, Chris, we're going to have this other guy play your character that you've played for the last 10 years of your life, but we're going to have him in the entire episode. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the story is behind that, but um, I I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. So I, I, by the way, he sounded exactly like Chris. Mm -hmm. He did for sure. And you referencing Hydra Stomper. 
I mean, I feel like that's them basically saying this is the original Iron Man. Because, I mean, it looks similar to the first official suit of Iron Man. Yeah. And way back in Iron Man 1. But I wonder if now you kind of ask the question, well, what's happening with Tony Stark now? Yeah. And so you mentioned how you don't want just to be a switcheroo. But, I mean, I feel like because you're already asking yourself, well, now what are they going to do with Iron Man? Because surely Tony Stark's not going to be Iron Man. Yeah. So it could be a switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked seeing the, the I guess it's the Hydra Stomper suit um, mm-hmm. in, in the show. And just to see Steve being like emaciated Steve like for the entire yeah. episode, but in this massive suit, um, kind of reminded me of Hulkbuster kind of yeah. kind of weight to it. Um you know, or uh, the person's pretty much useless. Yeah, but the suit is well and legit. To, and to but, see them fighting side by side, like it's it, you know there are some scenes where it's literally just Peggy, but yeah, for the most part, it's it's they're a team. It's Peggy and Hydra Stomper, and that was a surprise. I, I really thought it was going to be like a Peggy only episode centric episode, but and it she was in probably more scenes than he was, but yeah. he was in most of them, um, and and was really kind of a central character. So. And that was fun. I, I enjoyed seeing them together. We've in the movies, we've really she's always been like a support to him mm-hmm. and has not directly been like in the fray. Like she, yeah. he's always going off fighting, right? And to see them like team up together, like that was kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed watching their chemistry with that. Yeah. And I mean we talked about uh how there was crazy like creatures in Star Wars universe and we get one right off the bat in the MCU and it's basically like I mean I would only describe it as like a kraken basically yeah yeah that was really cool yeah um yeah they're like gosh that thing was like coming out of the the portal the, yeah the void type mm-hmm. thing and like the arms like at first I was just like oh, okay yeah, it's, it's an octopus it has eight arms whatever yeah. but then it like now it's got 12, now it's got 16. They're, yeah. they're going all over the place. I was like, wow, this is exciting action. Like, yeah. I would love to have seen that in, in live action. I think I think that would have looked really awesome. Yeah, and so, I mean, I feel like that was kind of where they veered off away from the actual storyline when they introduced this new creature. Yeah. And Red Skull really doesn't play a huge... I mean, he's created and everything, but other than that, he doesn't really play a huge role in this. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's basically, like, just... His goal is to take over the world by, like, opening this dimension to this other world or whatever, yeah. and then, like, bringing this thing in. It's not unlike the, the first Avengers movie, like, let's bring in all these aliens and have them attack. Um, and, um, yeah, but you're right. Other than that, he's kind of insc- inconsequential to the story, whereas he's, like, a major player in the, mm-hmm. in the original movie. So I guess that was pretty cool and i mean when she picks up that sword and just starts like lopping off limbs of this thing i was like this is awesome yeah and then you're just kind of like well how on earth is she going to defeat this monster because steve shows up and they're both like taking it on and they're it's being like useless and then you're just kind of thinking to yourself well now 
is this monster just going to be unleashed? Which, I mean, if they would have gone that route, I would have been all for that. That would have been a cool twist to just see the havoc that this monster would wreak on the yeah. world. Yeah, I agree. I, they can do whatever they want in these shows. Like, if, if they want to literally destroy Earth, they can do it. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. So, um, yeah, because uh, we, we thought we lost Steve. I, I don't know if he bought it or not. I kind of did. I, I thought... I think I like when he it was like the train scene whatever he he falls off and he and and uh well the the car the car that he's in blows up and then he falls or the car falls down yeah. into you know into nothing and um I was like he doesn't have a super soldier serum that hydra stomper suit is pretty powerful but maybe not to ex- not able to withstand like a crushing <laughs> like mm-hmm. smash like that and so um, I was thinking like that might legit be the last we see of Steve. Yeah, I was just like, well, <laughs> they introduced a new Iron Man, and now <laughs> Iron Man isn't going to exist. And honestly, I would I would have been okay with that because they wanted the episode to focus on Captain Carter, anyways. Yeah. And so, yeah i I wasn't mad when they brought him back, but I was like, I, I would have been fine if he just stayed yeah. dead. Like they can do whatever they want. So. But I mean, obviously, now Steve is going to be old Steve Rogers. Yeah which we get at the end of Endgame, but now he has no serum, so. Yeah. So, uh, the kind of the end of that big fight, whatever it is, she goes through the portal, mm-hmm. um, you know, shoves this thing out single-handedly and gets it gets it out, pushes it out through the portal. She goes through the portal, and um, both of them are gone. Like, yeah. the monster and Peggy are both gone. Um, is it, are we to believe that, because like the next we see of her, she is like modern day, like seven, yeah. seventy years so in the future. So it's pretty much like the ending of the first Captain America yeah. movie. Yeah, instead of being encased in ice, she goes through this like time and space, yeah. space time portal or whatever. And um, Fury and Hawkeye mm-hmm. are there, and it's actually Jer- Jeremy Renner. Yep, and Samuel L. Jackson voicing uh, meets them, and they I forget what they say, but it's like you know we're gonna show you around, like you know, like yeah. welcome to the future, basically. Um, so a couple questions on the episode. <clears throat> do, do you think they used any original audio from the, the first movie? Like were there lines that I, it's been so long since I've seen the first one. I, I mean I, the save the da- or the dance partner, whatever that line is. Do you think that, that was actual Chris from yeah, the movie? I would assume so. Yeah. Um, I th- feel like any time that it was an actual like line from the movie, that's probably just, used over yeah um other question is i think most of the lines were original lines it looks mm-hmm. like they got yep. Haley atwell like actually in the in the recording studio to record new stuff mm-hmm. and do a lot of things new but uh and obviously like samuel jackson like they had to get all those guys to come in for a day of recording or whatever um i felt like the episode was a little too fast-paced yeah um we talk, I kind of teased this to you when we were texting and talking earlier, but um, I know they're trying to do this. They're trying to tell this massive story in 30 minutes. But again, we've said this for other things when we've reviewed other things on this podcast. They don't have to keep it to 30 minutes. It's not mm-hmm. like this is on ABC. Like, yeah. they could they could make the episode 37 minutes or 57 minutes or 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. They get to choose the length. So it's it's interesting to me. I almost felt like watching, like going back and like, you know, figuring out some way to trick my browser into watching this at like 0.75 speed <laughs> or something like that because some of the lines go, I didn't watch this with subtitles, but no, actually I did. And I, 
I did watch it with subtitles because I at first I, I like they were talking so fast that I was having trouble keeping up with the the plot. Like I was yeah. getting the words, but I wasn't like where I, I wasn't getting the sense of where this is going because it was going by so fast. Um, I think the action scenes were good, but they were kind of short, mm-hmm. and they had to keep them short because they had to pack so much into this thirty minute window and i'm just so confused by that i i think they literally could have made that thing 40 minutes slowed everything down to like 0.75 speed and it would have been better for it yeah um i would agree with that um i would say there's one or two there's probably two ways you can take that um they either need to make the episodes longer or they need to not stick to the original movie Mm. i feel like that's really the only two solutions to that yeah because like we said um through this first episode it is a lot like the first captain america movie yeah so i feel like you have to almost pick your poison at that point where do we want these longer or do we want to veer away from the original storyline of the movie but, I mean, for this one, we talked about the swap, and I feel like the only way you really could do this episode is if you stayed close to the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, I liked having... I agree. I, I liked having some references to the original movie and some of the... the They changed some of the plot points, especially as you go later into the story. But I... I think their adherence in dedicating themselves to redoing the first movie, that original movie, they tried to pack way too much into the story. I, I really felt like it could have either, either just, like you said, been longer or simpler. And honestly, of the, t- of those two choices, if you had to give me the choice, I would probably go with simpler. Like, yep. I don't know that I need these to be an hour and a half amount of story packed, smashed into a 30 minute capsule. Yeah. Like, like you literally could have done this episode where, you do the Steve Rogers getting shot, um, Peggy becoming uh, Captain Carter, and then maybe one war scene yes. leading up to it, and then that final fight, and there you have your episode. Yes, I agree. I, I think they absolutely could have done that, and I would have been just as satisfied with the episode. Because I, all I really wanted was some cool little brain teasy kind of, oh, oh what if this happened? Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of fun to think about. Some cool action scenes, great animation, original voice actors, awesome score and music. You know, give me all, check every box. But mm-hmm. man, it was so busy. Like I, the 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 scenes were just flying by, and the conversations were so fast. They were literally talking fast. Like I almost felt like it was sped up. Yeah. Um. And like by the end of it, I was like, I was more overwhelmed than I was just overall satisfied. Like I, I enjoyed my time watching it. I don't think I'll go back and watch it, but I almost feel like I have to to just even understand everything that happened because yeah. it was just so fast. It, I feel like my one thing is I didn't need to see every single action sequence from the first Captain America. Yes. I didn't need to see Captain Carter rescuing them all from... Yes. That made no sense, dude. You were so right. So it was just kind of one of those things where... Um, like why did they put that scene in there? Like we talked about, they almost, it's kind of like the old saying where you bite off a little too much that you can chew or whatever that saying is. Yeah. And I feel like they, like we've already said, 
they just tried to jam too much into one episode. Yeah, gosh, that is the perfect example of what we were talking about. I, They just didn't need that. It's only, it is literally only because someone at the beginning of the project said, let's do this scene, this scene, this scene, and this scene. And then they started like penciling those animations and stuff like that. And then they, someone at, at towards the end was like, oh crap, we have too much. But they didn't know what to cut. It, it, I don't know. I think they just got way in over their heads too fast. And their bullish adherence, I mean, I'm just making stuff up. I, I don't know if this is actually what happened, but yeah. their bullish adherence to, no, we have to have every scene mm-hmm. is is what ended up giving us the byproduct. I'm not, I'm not mad. Yeah, at the decision. Me either. I, I enjoy, like I said, I liked it. I liked the episode, but I just think it could have been more concise and a little bit more bite-sized. Yeah. So, and I mean, I feel like I said earlier, this is all this really amounts to is a fan guilty pleasure. Yes. And we don't know if this is going to be the formula for the whole season, but I mean, I feel like. That's kind of just the mindset that we need to follow as we go through this show is does this really mean anything for the future of the MCU? Probably not. Are we here to just explore new possibilities? Yes. And is it really something that the MCU wants us to like go back and forth Again, probably not. So, I mean, we just need to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is a cool concept, I do think. Oh, it's yeah, I think it's great. I the fr- From its first announcement, I was like, oh, that's such a smart idea. <laughs> like, this is a cool, like, summer popcorn-y kind of experience that yeah. is really great in between, like, more serious stuff. Like, after Loki, like... I. It was that was such a great show. Loki was my favorite of the three that they've done, but they they kind of we kind of need a palate cleanser after all that, all the after all that darkness and serious tone. Like mm-hmm. this is exactly what we need to follow up that, and then we can get into Hawkeye, we can get into Miss Marvel, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm totally down with it. Um, Ten weeks seems about right. Um, just kind of keep it going for a couple months, and then and move on to some more live action. Um, I think what Grant and I kind of talked about doing is not covering on every episode of this show, an episode of what if. So probably we'll, unless something really major happens, which I don't expect it to. Um, I mean, if it's Chadwick, like we'll want to talk about it, but I think what we're going to try to do is just every other episode of yeah. our podcast will be like the last two episodes of what yeah. if. So, um, so yeah, so we'll keep, I, I think this is important enough and, and popular enough that we need to address it. Like it's unless not, that's one of like our favorite characters that yeah. we just can't, I mean, go if, without if if next episode is Chadwick Boseman, I I think we probably do d- devote a whole yeah. episode to just him, um, just because it'll be so awesome to hear him again and and uh, you know kind of pull out some little details from his voice and stuff, but um, or if we get like a Thor that's just like yeah altering, I'll I'll want to talk about that, but if it's a if it's a uh, like a smaller experience kind of episode, we'll probably skip it uh, and then tandem two of them together, mm-hmm. you know, a week later or whatever. So, uh definitely stay tuned. We're going to I imagine we're probably going to talk about every single episode. So, if you're watching What If and want to hear some discussion on it, stay tuned, hit hit the subscribe button and you'll get all of our conversations. They just may be like coming in kind of er- erratically yeah. um throughout the series. So, but I I think we'll we will definitely pr- discuss I mean, every, every other. Every other is a good pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got some some fun ideas for you know other stuff that we want to do. 
um, we're going to keep the episodes coming every week, but uh, we'll be reviewing other things in between mm-hmm. as well uh, as we're going through that. So cool. Um, well, I think that's a good uh, tasty discussion on uh, first episode of what if um, I know we, d- we just recorded late. Um, yep. Our last episode literally just because I forgot to post it <laughs> came out a couple days ago as we're recording this on Sunday. So um uh, we've only had like four days to yeah. watch anything else, but have you had anything on the playlist? Um, I watched, Caitlin and I have watched a couple episodes of Lizzie McGuire, so we're getting closer. I yeah. think we have like 13 episodes left, so. Wow, yeah, you're getting close. It, it's getting close, and then this week we were over at Caitlin's parents' house, and I had just explained to like Caitlin's parents about watching Behind the Attraction, and talked about the jungle cruise and then caitlin's dad is a big like documentary type guy he he loves hearing all that stuff so we were just hanging out downstairs and then he turned on the haunted mansion one so i actually watched the haunted mansion behind the attraction as well cool talk about that i haven't seen it so my big i'm gonna give you two takeaways yeah that i had no idea and it's kind of amazing or I'll give you three. Um, the first one is Walt Disney never saw the finished Haunted Mansion. Oh, man. Which, I mean, I had no idea when Haunted Mansion even came out. When did it come out? Um, 1969. Okay, and he, he unfortunately passed away before that. In like 66, I believe. Okay. So he never saw the finished product because at first, like, I mean... I just was kind of under the assumption that it was just there, kind of like Jungle Cruise at the beginning of Disneyland in 55. But that wasn't the case, and it actually took a long time to get that built. And so that was the first thing. The second thing is, so those of you that have ridden it, you know it's just basically this mansion on a hill. But they go on to tell you in the thing that there's actually – like a building behind the mansion <laughs> and that's actually where the ride takes place. Wow. So the ride doesn't even you're not even in that mansion, which that kind of blew my mind <laughs> that um when you're taking that elevator in the like elongated room or whatever you're you're literally going down underground into this tunnel and that's where the ride begins. Wow. So that that was pretty neat. That's cool. And then the third one was they literally brought three people on board to basically create the ride. One guy was there for like the special effects of the ghosts. One guy wanted it to be funny and one guy wanted it to be scary. And that ride is basically divvied up into thirds. And each guy has like their own section. Like the first part is the scary part. The second part is the, funny part and then the third guy just has stuff sprinkled in in both of those wow that's really that's fascinating so i mean i feel like it kind of all makes sense about how the ride was even put together when you ride that ride you know i want i want to watch all of these and then ride those rides yeah like with the knowledge that i have of watching the documentary Mm -hmm. um because the jungle cruise like that was such a fascinating episode. I've actually thought about that episode even more after we talked about it, um, the, the documentary episode. And I like 
it, that ride is so fascinating to me as far as like how it was constructed and built, but the entertainment on that episode actually has very little to do with the animatronics. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the person, right? It's the, yeah. the, for lack of a better term, the comedian that's at the helm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, sh- that ride is so different. Haunted Mansion really is about the experience of like, what's that ghost doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, elevator is going to, you know, do this as it goes down and this kind of thing. And um, so like, that to me would be even more impactful having watched the documentary and then actually experiencing that and then knowing how it was like the brainchild, like how it came to be and like all the different thirds and like all that sounds really cool. I I definitely want to watch it before the next time I go to Disneyland or Disney world. Yeah. I, I definitely think that it is a, if you like documentaries and even if you, like we talked about in the last episode, if you're a fan of the park, I feel like, and you just enjoy the nostalgia of it i feel like it's a winner for you and um i'm interested to see there's three more episodes one's star tours oh i'm definitely watching and then that. <laughs> one is tower of terror and then space mountain so newer rides than jungle cruise and haunted mansion besides space mountain but like star tours and haunt or tower of terror newish rides so yeah. i'm interested to see what they have to say about those rides. I can't wait to learn about Star Tours. Um, when I was a kid growing up, we went to Disneyland every couple of years. And um, Star Tours was my favorite ride. Jungle Cruise was probably my second favorite. Mm-hmm. Like Those those two were kind of interchangeable back and forth. But I was such a big Star Wars kid when, yeah. when I was growing up. What The story I wanted to hear them tell is that, I mean, this is obvious if you know anything about Disney, but... I mean, Disney did not own in any way, shape, or form Star Wars mm-hmm. like at the time that they built Star Tours. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated to know, like, how did that even come to be? Like, you know, the whoever was CEO of Disney or, or CEO over, over the park or whatever met with George mm-hmm. Lucas and, like, was like, hey, we want to make a Star Wars ride. What do we have to pay you in, yeah. li- in licensing to pull this? Because it's literally C-3PO like on the ride, like narrating the ride as you're going yeah. you know, on these adventures. Um, it's also, I think, one of the first, it's definitely the first I, I ever rode that was like a simulated mm-hmm. ride, Yeah, which everything's a simulated ride now in yeah. 2021. That was not the case in the 90s when mm-hmm. I started going on Star Tours. So, like, it was literally one of the first simulated rides I'd ever even heard yeah. of, let alone ride. Um, another uh, another popular one that, that I rode in Southern California one time was the um, Days of Thunder okay. uh, ride. But, like, Days of Thunder and Star Wars, to me, were, like, the first two that probably even existed. Like, I, yeah. I, those are the ones I remember. So, yeah, I'll definitely, I'm going to watch all five of them. Like, I, I don't have a strong history with Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. um, but I love Space Mountain. I, I, did, I hated roller coasters when I was a kid, and so I didn't, I didn't start riding that ride until I was, like, late high school, college. Uh, and so I haven't ridden that one very much, but I, I love that ride as yeah, well. Yeah, so. I'm interested to see, at least for Tower of Terror, if they're going to talk about, because you know how in Disneyland or California Adventures, I can't remember which one, how Tower of Terror doesn't exist anymore, and now it's the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if in the Tower of Terror one they will discuss that. And then also in, like, Star Tours, I wonder, in kind of Space Mountain, if they talk about how they've, like, kept it up to date. Like, there's some new stuff from this past trilogy that they've added to Star Tours. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. 
So I kind of wonder how they, if they're going to go into that, yeah. which I feel like, oh, and another thing, this will be the last thing I say about Haunted Mansion is one thing that I found neat is they talked about the differences in every single Haunted Mansion across the world. Oh, wow. And that's fascinating to me that they even want to do that. Like, yeah. Why would, why they wouldn't just, you know, cookie cutter it. Yeah. Like, for instance, I think it was the one in Tokyo or Hong Kong. I'm pretty sure it was Tokyo where there aren't even ghosts. And it's like a whole different ride. And <laughs> wow. It, and it's called something else. Uh, we learned something similar to that for Jungle Cruise. Like, there's a jung- yeah. Jungle Cruise in, was it Hong Kong? or mm-hmm. I, I, don't I mean, they're in all of them, I think. Yeah, I just couldn't remember which one was the one that was like the ride's completely different, and it's like, like they showed like a shot of it, and it's going through like a lagoon. Oh, right? yeah. It's like a huge open area. It's not even like a a river. It's like this massive body of water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's funny to me when they, I guess for just a different audience of, of park goers, they just completely rethink the ride for a different park. It's it's really interesting. Um, anything else you wanted to no. men- mention? Okay, but that's it. Um, I, I'll just briefly mention, I, I watch Monsters at, at Work, Episode 7, uh, which is the Adorable Snowman, uh, <laughs> commonly known as the Abominable Snowman episode. And um, I'm assuming, I didn't look it up, I'm assuming it's the same voice actor, um, the guy from, from from Cheers that's in all the Pixar stuff, yeah. uh, who voiced, obviously, that character in the Monsters, Inc. movie. I was watching it with my uh, five-year-old, Jordan, and she um she was like i remember him he's the guy from the monsters inc movie <laughs> and um she just thinks he's so funny and his his little voice is so funny um there's a there's a gags that you know from the original movie but then also new gags too like one of the old ones is he um one of the characters in the show uh, doesn't get banished, but goes through the banishment door mm-hmm. and lands in the cave, or whatever. And he's still like trying to serve like um, yellow snow cones and stuff like that. So there's a lot to like in this episode. It's not like, you know, the, the biggest like impact, this show's not going to be that, but like the biggest impactful episode, but they continue to do, really cool scenes with Mike and, and Sully. I kind of thought that John Goodman and, and uh, Billy Crystal would kind of be like in the first two episodes and then maybe the last one or something, yeah. but boy, they have like, they're giving him like a third, maybe sometimes even half of the episodes <laughs> screen time. So, um, and uh, the main character, which I always forget his name um, is actually kind of growing on me. I, I thought he was a little Tyler. No- yeah. Tyler. I thought he was a little annoying in the first couple episodes. Um, just flat, I guess is a better, mm-hmm. better yeah. word. And he's really getting dimensional now. And I actually, I'm starting to really like those characters in that show. So that show got super boring for me yeah. <laughs> in episodes three and four. And I, it's really starting to kind of turn turn a corner. So, uh, I think if you've been avoiding it, give it a shot. It's, it's not like it's, it's not gonna blow your mind. Okay. Um, yeah. but adorable, think, the adorable snowman one, I think is a good one. Yeah. I think that'll be kind of one of those where we just binge watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen the first two episodes, but... I'm only watching it right now because my five-year-old wants to watch yeah. it, uh, and so I watch it with her, so... But yeah, otherwise, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, I did finish... I, I mentioned, like, the first 20 minutes of it on the last episode because like, that's as far as I got, but I did go back and finish the making of Loki, the rest mm-hmm. of it, and uh, have some some takeaways, like you said, big takeaways from it. Um Ravana, the girl that plays Ravana Renslayer has the thickest British accent I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it is, I know this happens a lot with like movies and stuff that you watch, but it is so weird to me to like, they're interviewing her and like, oh, you know, talk about the creation of your character and how you got the call that you got the part and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, 
I mean, just the the most, just the thickest, thick British accent you've ever heard in your life. And of course, if you've seen the show, she's just American accent, like the entire yeah. show. So, um, boy, her American, I didn't, I never would have guessed like her American accent is like spot on. It's so perfect. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, Brit- she's very British. Um, as, as she <laughs> was being interviewed on the show. Um, they mentioned some of the crew, even the cameramen that are shooting the scene have never seen the script. That, and it it, it kind of goes back to uh, when we had our conversation. Uh, why am I blanking? Rick, 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 sorry, Rick. Our good buddy, Rick. <laughs> we love you, Rick. Sorry, Rick. I, I just had a mind blank. I, I, I literally can see <laughs> a picture of you right in front of me, Rick, but uh, just had a mind block on your name. But it kind of goes back to our conversation with Rick. Um, when we had him on for the uh, Black Widow episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about how, like, because if you haven't listened to those episodes, um, he's a guest we've had on our show a couple times. He works, uh, he does a lot of stuff that's not Marvel too. Um, and uh, actually has like edited and even directed like his own movie that's coming out next year. But um, but he is an assistant editor at Marvel, yeah. uh, specifically at their Atlanta branch. And was like, you know, he's responsible for like taking the original raw footage of these mm-hmm. of these cameras and doing whatever he does. I don't know the terminology for it, but like, you know, compressing or uncompressing or whatever he does, and like, you know, processing the audio and cleaning things up and stitching things together and cataloging everything. He does all that work, and he was watching the scene. I guess spoilers for Loki, but uh, watching the scene where the time their three timekeepers are like killed basically yeah. and then you realize they're not actually humans or not bionic and um bionic is that the right word biotic and they're, they're not human they're not yeah. like a living being <laughs> they're like robots and um i think bionic is like robots Something i think that's what like that, that word means anyways organic that's what i was looking for okay. okay they're not organic beings they're just like robots they're stand-ins and um he said that he just assumed that that was the final episode that and so like watching the making of loki it actually it reminded me of rick as well where they just keep people in the dark. Like even people that are that are paid by Marvel that are working yeah. on that show have no idea what they're shooting. And you know the scene where um Mobius is showing Loki footage of his life. It's like this this is your yeah. life on the screen, right? That's all CGI. There's not an actual TV or a projector running as they're shooting that scene. It's just a blank wall. Mm-hmm. And the cameramen are are looking at this and so Loki Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are looking at a blank wall, pretending like they're actually watching it, but they're not watching anything as they're shooting the cameras. Hmm. And they're referencing it, and and Owen's like, "See that right there? That's when that's when you died." And so everything like he says his line, whatever. And the cameramen are like, "I have no idea what he's talking about because they they haven't they don't have they haven't seen the script, they haven't seen the yeah. storyboard, they have no idea what they're watching." And they do that on purpose. They purposely keep their own employees in the dark about what they're sh- what they're shooting, so they can keep the secrecy up. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, just hearing Rick talk about Marvel as a whole. Yeah, I mean it, it's just crazy, and it really is boils down to like the biggest secret ever. It really is. And it's a billion dollar secret. Yeah, like it, if this information gets out, like literally people don't watch or don't go to the movie theater. Like they have to keep their money. Their half their business is literally secrecy. Yeah. If you really and think about it. I mean, we, we joke about predictions and stuff, but 
you just think that Marvel loves that. They love to read fan predictions. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, it really is only maybe like a group of 10 people that even know what's going to happen in phase four. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe less than that. (laughs) Kevin and a few of his friends. Yeah. And it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, just to hear Rick, um, even like I've told so many people the story about how Rick had seen Endgame. Before, like, right when Infinity War had come out, he had seen Endgame like a handful of times already. Yeah, and that's just fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do it to be honest. Yeah. I, 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 I should never be employed by Marvel because yeah. I, I, my, my lips are a little too loose. Yeah, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be the Tom Holland. So. Yeah, yeah, because I want to impress my friends. Uh. It, it's just like <laughs> you just know every time Tom Holland like does an interview kevin feige's just saying they're like this kid better not spoil well he's not really a kid but kevin feige's probably like this kid better not spoil everything <laughs> yeah exactly. we're, we're literally on the mount of releasing one of the greatest marvel movies of all time yeah and he better not say one thing it, to, to be honest, it's a miracle that that movie didn't get spoiled. Yeah, uh, like uh, leaked or whatever on the internet. It's I know there were leaks and like potential leaks and stuff like that, but like not to the point where like anyone believed them. Like it's a miracle that they were able to pull it yeah. off. I have it, no idea. It's gonna be I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be phenomenal. Uh, a couple other takeaways. Um, so the the I guess the town name is Sharu. It's it's the uh, the moon getting destroyed by the planet um, okay. scene. They're running this big thing where they're just running through the city trying to get onto the ark, and it, you know everything's going to hell around them. It's just complete chaos. And um, they they showed the set that they built a town like okay. on, on like one of the back lots on whatever studio that they were shooting on. And they built it, it took them weeks, I think months, uh, to build the set. And um, Tom, the, Tom Hiddleston is like narrating and also being interviewed throughout the whole thing. He's kind of like one of the main persons that they talk to, obviously. But he he called it the largest set he had ever been on with Marvel. Think about that. Like he's been in six movies <laughs> before Loki, Loki even started being shot. He had been on Endgame. Yeah. He has said he had never been on a set that large. Was the, the, the how big that thing was for yeah. that, for that, um, for the, just that one episode of of Loki. He said it was just an incredible feat that he had almost never seen before. Um, the one shot of them running through the city, it looks like one camera, like just is following them the whole time. It never stops shooting the whole time. It's actually eight or nine shots that they stitched together just with the, the magic of movie making. They just made it look like a one shot. Um, but it's instead of it being just this long one, it was actually eight or nine different shots that they had to put together. Um, they spoke obviously very highly of Jonathan Majors. They, they said that he, the, the scene with them, the final, one of the final scenes that you see in the show is also one of the final scenes that they shot. They kept that all the way to the very end. Yeah. And, and they knew Jonathan Majors was coming on. They were so excited to, to see him and to get in the same room as him. And then when they said, once he came in and they started shooting, it was just magic. Like he, they said that he was, Tom's worked with, obviously some of the greatest actors of our time, Kenneth Branagh and all these other guys. And he, but he, he said just watching, like they, they said they, they went in, they knew their lines, they were ready to shoot the scene. And then Jonathan Major started, just started talking and they just were like in awe of this guy, like just owning the room. And that's cool. Cause that's exactly the impression we got watching yeah. it. Like he was just like dominating the scene. So, um, 
uh, Tom's called it, quote, something that will be talked about for a long time. Um, and then lastly, he talked about how they were uh, with the show. This is obvious maybe to people that have really followed Marvel, but they, they were intentionally, they're intentionally trying to change the character. Like he admitted that the future of Loki is not Loki's past. Like they, they, he, he said that he had, he's so enjoyed playing the characters when been, when been maybe his most favorite character that he's ever had the opportunity to play. Um, of course, he's played in a lot of movies, so that's probably a lot of it. But he talked about how he's got to play the villain, like in the first couple of movies, mm-hmm. the anti-hero in a, in a few movies. And then now, like with Loki, he's almost becoming the hero. Like yeah. he's becoming like a good guy almost. I can see that. Um, and so they've, over the course of six films and a show, they're really like are trying to make him into, he's not, he's not the um, trickster anymore. Like he's, He's trying to do good, like he's trying to bring, pull his life around, and that the idea of Loki, and again, we we ruminated on this as as we talked about it on our podcast. the go- The goal of Loki is for him to like look intrinsically into himself and mm-hmm. like think about what have I done with my time on this on this Earth planet, whatever. Um, what have I chosen to do? What decisions have I made? How would I do them differently? Can I turn over a new leaf now that all these events have happened? He uh, sees himself in um, Sylvie, and like, and it has it's Sylvie has revealed things about him that he even he didn't know, and how like they are actively trying to pull the ship around with Loki um, through that show. And I think he, going into season two, I think he could legit start being like an actual hero, like where he could actually be like a good guy now. Yeah. So um, I thought that was all fascinating. The it's not like super as technical like i felt like they went more into like the camera work and like how they set up scenes and stuff like that for wandavision and the falcon and winter soldier they went a lot into like the locations mm-hmm. the, uh, on set stuff and then this one I, I felt like they spent half of their time just talking about the loki character yeah. and like you know here's what we wanted to do with this scene and this this scene and that scene and again yeah there's some about cgi and how they did the wonder and stuff like that but for the most part i would say probably 30 minutes of it is literally just about the events of the show i'm okay. um, just kind of talking about what happened and why they w- chose to do it the way they wanted to do it so uh, it's cool it was different i really enjoyed it um that all of the making of uh stuff with um uh, not marvel legends what, what do they call that marvel assembled yeah Okay, Marvel. I think it's just called Marvel Assembled. Um, there's three episodes, one for each show, and I highly recommend it. Uh, last thing I watched is, I thought I had watched season one of Short Circuit. We mentioned this on last episode that Short Circuit season two just came out in, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I, I I think I watched the first season. I need to watch the second. I never watched the first season. I, I pulled it up. I was like, I don't recognize these at all. So there are. 12 no 14 episodes i think in episode in season one okay a short circuit each one is like five minutes long they're all shorts and i watched the first half like maybe six of them and um for the most part they're good i there's there's a couple that i thought were okay there's a couple that i actually thought were pretty boring and then the the two that i thought that i liked the most of the first six that i watched are puddles um all of them were like really short um titles but puddles is a five minute short about this kid who goes out of his flat or whatever in New York and there's puddles all over the sidewalk. And when he jumps into a puddle, it takes him into another dimension. 
And then he pops back up and he's like, a lot of it is just kind of jumping back and forth between this dimension and puddles. And then it ends with his sister, like finally jumping in with him because she doesn't believe him. And they find themselves in this other world. Um, It's really, it's cool. These are all five minute little bite sized things, but it was, I thought it looked really good and it was fun to watch. Um, The other one talking about comic strip or comic books. um, There's a comic strip uh, inspired shorts called just a thought and the premise of it, these all have a very simple premise, obviously. Uh, it, the premise is, what if everyone could see your bubble thoughts? Like, a, think like wow. Archie or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, you know, dot, 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 and then like a cloud over yeah. your head, whatever. They, they'd see what you're thinking. And it's about this kid that's at junior high or high school or whatever, and everyone can see his thoughts that he likes this girl or whatever. But I think what's interesting about it, it it's, a, it's a kind of okay plot, I guess, but um, the animation style on this one it, lo- it literally looks like you took a comic strip and you just set it in motion. Like it's the, there are like black dots all over the screen Yeah. in the same way that you would see, like if you zoomed into like a newspaper page, like mm-hmm. it's, it's very fascinating to watch kind of a little hard to explain, but um, just a thought I think is worth watching just for okay. the, the visual of it. It's really cool looking. So basically if you don't know what short circuit is, it's, it's Pixar shorts. Um, anyone that works at Pixar, I guess can pitch their idea for a short it may get rejected and may get accepted, but the ones that get accepted go into this series called um, Short Circuit. Okay. And uh, what's really neat too is, and I like that they do this, it's a, it's the running time is six minutes. The last 30 seconds or so is credits. The first 45 seconds or so is um, a very brief, like less than a minute long uh documentary style interview style with the creators and so you actually get to hear from them why they created the short and what they were going for what it means to them right before you watch it and Hmm. i I think that's really a a good idea that's very interesting so that's it that's all i've had time to watch i'm gonna i'm gonna get get into i'm really in a documentary mood right now so i'll probably watch the um behind the attraction stuff that you talked about. Yeah. And then I do want to get to, I think one of the, the first things I'll try to watch in this next week is the, uh, what was it called? Stuntman uh, yeah. documentary. It's a longer one. It's an hour and a half, but it's all about the evil Knievel stuff. So uh, I've always found that to be very interesting and I might check that one out. Very cool. Um, all right. Here's what what's coming up to Disney plus before we wrap up this episode, we are looking at, August 18th and August 20th. So uh, what's coming out this Wednesday? We've been talking about how they're like Wednesdays are kind of their new big release date of mm-hmm. the week. I think they're trying to get off the weekend a little bit with some of their big, bigger properties. But so this is what's coming out Wednesday, the, the 18th. Uh, Diary of a Future President, season two. Uh, all 10 episodes are going to be dro- dropped on the same day. Um, continuing the, the origin story of Cuban-American and future leader Elena Canyero reed as she enters the seventh grade and recounted through excerpts from 13-year-old Elena's diary. This coming-of-age series follows Elena through the ups and downs of middle school, which sets her on the path to becoming the president of the United States. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, growing Up Animals is another thing. Uh, it's a six-episode intimate and extraordinary adventure of baby animals from, <laughs> from the safety of the womb to the uncertainty of birth and their tentative first steps. Um, okay. So, yeah, if you love baby animals, Growing Up Animal may be just what you're looking for. Uh, what if episode two, we don't really know anything about it. Uh, it says no details have been yet provided. <laughs> so how nice of you, Marvel. <laughs> that's a big secret uh, coming out this Wednesday. 
uh, The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, episodes 19 and 20. Um, this is animation in the same style as the uh, Chippendale Park Life. So if you love Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> maybe check out The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Uh, Monsters at Work, episode eight. Uh, this week's episode is called Little Monsters. Tyler sees an opportunity to get promoted as jokester during Mini Monster Day at Monsters, Inc., where he is paired with Mrs. Miss Flint's daughter. Can he get her to laugh? So check in, check out that one. Uh, Turner and Hooch, episode five. Uh, Chippendale Park Life, episode four. Uh, definitely skip that one. Uh, Caesar Milan, Better Human, Better Dog. Um, I don't even remember what this show is about. It's about dogs, I guess. If you If you know what that is, then you'll be excited about that. Disney, the owl house season two, five episodes are releasing. I think they, we had this release a little bit ago. I think they must be doing that in chunks. Dr. Oakley, Yukon vet. Wow. Another one of these vet shows. I don't know what's going on with this. This is like a whole like genre of shows, I guess. Um, season nine of Yukon vet. This is not even the only, like there's nine seasons of this show, Yukon mm-hmm. vet. And there's, there was like three or four episodes of that other one that was like in, Oklahoma, it was like Oklahoma or Nebraska. Something like that. Um, but anyway, like, uh, yeah, there's been nine seasons. So the ninth season of this Yukon vet, if you like learning about what vets do, especially in like, you know, world, wilderness areas, that's something to check out. And then another National Geographic, Life, Befo- Life Below Zero, Next, Ge- Next Generation, season one and two. Uh, individuals who have recently left their traditional lifestyle behind face a challenging new world off the grid in the wilds of Alaska. So that looks pretty cool. It's, um, I guess, following this uh, band of guys that are, are in like the like terrible tundra of Alaska, yeah. like you know, barely surviving, um, you know, snow dogs and stuff like that. Okay, um, coming out on Friday, August twentieth, uh, Aragon. Is this based on the book? Yes. Have you seen this movie? No, but it's horrible. The book is terrible, or the movie? The movie. Okay. It's not good. You don't recommend it? No. Okay. It's so funny that this is coming out this week because literally, I'm not joking, my wife literally just picked up the Aragon book like a I, week ago. I, I'm pretty sure that this goes down as like one of the worst movies created from a book. Oh, yeah, wow. It, it's 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, woof. And 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Swing and a miss. Wow. Um... Yeah, it's kind of like a high fantasy Lord of the Rings kind of style mm-hmm. um, story, I think. Um, but yeah, like literally, like I just saw this book on our shelf at home. <laughs> My <laughs> wife is is reading it right now, so it's based on on a book that came out in the early two thousands, and uh, I guess they made it into a movie. So I didn't even know that was a thing. I knew about the book, of course. Um, and listen up, Grant. That's it. Well, that, that's all that's coming out on Friday. Well, I have one more thing to add. Okay, before we. So IMDb, we're going to find out if they're correct. Okay. But on What If, it has plot episode 1.2. What would have happened if T'Challa and not Peter Quill was picked up by Yondu as a child and became Star-Lord? So that's confirmed? Is that from Disney? Well, that's on IMDb. Okay. That's what they have as episode two. Okay. Cool. I, I th- I'm down f- with that. I think that leaves um, a lot of like really big question marks for the rest of the season because... Um, I, they may have teased a third one that I'm, I'm forgetting about, but the big two that I, I keep hearing about is Peggy Carter and T'Challa. Yeah, so we'll see if they're correct. And 
as I look through this, it looks like they have the third one on as well. What are they saying for that one? What if Loki presented himself to the Earth government as king of Asgard, using all his diplomacy? Interesting. Wow, that'll be interesting. I'm assuming Tom Hiddleston is is voicing that character, that animated character. It just has Jeffrey Wright as the cast for that one. Yeah. Don't know yet. Uh, That'll be interesting, especially after what we literally just watched from Loki. Um, I'm just hoping and praying that Alligator Loki is in that. (laughs) That would be awesome. By the way, for the making of Loki to represent the alligator, because they they have to like pick up the alligator at some points in the show. They have like this; it's all blue screen. They have this like it's an all blue like like um, it, it's not inflated. It's like it it looks like a uh, stuffed like not not even like stuffed with fluff, like stuffed yeah. with like jelly or something. It's like a really weird looking thing that they toss this toss around the set. So I kind of enjoyed that. All right, well, uh, that is it for this episode. Uh, Coming up next, actually, you're going to get a full episode, kind of a bonus episode this week on Star Wars The Bad Batch. It's going to be a wrap-up of the finale, full spoilers on on everything. The whole season, really, we kind of talk about it, but uh, Jake and I uh, just kind of give our thoughts on the season as a whole. We're both positive and negative on the season, and and really get into just how much we loved the last couple episodes of the season and what we think is next for season two of star Wars, the bad batch. So definitely hit the subscribe button so you can get that episode and listen to that, especially if you've been watching the bad batch. And then on next week's episode, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I honestly, if knowing that it's T'Challa, I think we could probably dedicate half an episode to just that. That, yeah, that would that, That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to hear Chadwick Boseman one more time, uh, posthumously. So, so that'll be fun. And then we might find a, like a, you know, a short or, or I don't know, maybe a movie or something like that that we can talk about for next time as well. But if you want to follow along with what we're watching, obviously check out the Bad Batch finale if you haven't watched that yet. And then the What If It episode that comes out on Wednesday, we'll probably keep going on that and then maybe take a couple weeks off um, on What If after yeah. after that episode. Sounds so. good. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney+. Plus. We'd love to include you in the show. Disney Plus reviews at hotmail.com is what you need to uh, write to. That's in the show notes if you want to just click or tap on on that email so you can easily get a, an email pulled up. But it's PLUS all, sp- all spelled out. Disney PLUS reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Well, yeah, and most immediately Star Wars, but then after that, uh, some what if and something else. Talk to you then.